Stocking Spurs. This is Acid. And this is Patty. Hey, Patty. Hi, guys. <laughs> this is our last episode of the year. Can you believe it? It's our last of the year and also our 10th episode of the year. And I honestly can't believe, again, every time we do this, I still can't believe we're, we're doing it still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks, guys. Anyone who's still listening, thank you so much. And we promise to have like a really good episode to cap off this year, we're going to do the social media roundup with a twist. So instead of doing social, featuring social media posts from the past few weeks, we're going to look at the entire 2019 and talk about, I guess, our favorite content from Spurs Official, from Spurs Players. We're also going to identify and crown our baby of the year. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. It's a cliffhanger, guys. I'm telling you. You'll never guess. Stay till the end. (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to talk about uh, the last few few games that we've had. Two wins, unfortunately, two losses. So we're going to talk about the Brighton game that just happened yesterday, the Wolves game, both in the Premier League. Then we'll also talk about Chelsea, which happened recently. And I don't know, I've forgotten all about it i don't know what you're talking about about honestly (laughs) also another one we'd like to forget the bayern munich one which we didn't need but what else (laughs) okay moving on (laughs) Um, and then after that we're gonna do a special year-end special where each of us uh patty me and toby are going to reminisce and identify our best moment as Spurs fans this year and a wish for the club looking forward to 2020. 2020, we're almost there. We're literally a few sleeps away. It's insane. Okay, well, I guess we, uh, let's get to it. And we're back. Uh, as Acid mentioned a while ago, we will be discussing uh, our social media roundup with a twist this time around. So for the last episode of the year, of course, and of the decade, actually, because you know we've been doing this podcast for 10 years now, um, <laughs> it feels like it, uh, we wanted to do a special roundup wherein we call out our favorite posts from the Spurs official account. So whether that's on Instagram or on YouTube or on Twitter, And then we also list down our favorite content, our social media favorite content from a Spurs player, so from their official player accounts. Uh, Most of this is Instagram because they are millennials. And then, of course, we end with, I'm telling you guys, you have to stay for this, our baby of the year, of the decade, you might say, even if the babies are barely (laughs) 10 years old. But yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go and start with our favorite content from the Spurs official account. And I have to say, Acid and I agree on a lot of things. Oh yeah, there is a huge amount of overlap. I think the unanimous winner here, both of us identify this as our favorite, is the team shoot video. So towards the beginning of this season. There was this photo shoot that shows the players in like formation wearing kit and wearing suits by Hugo Boss. Yes. And around that shoot, I guess the social media team put together a behind the scenes video and this it's just it's fan service gold. I can never get enough of it. Sometimes when I'm feeling sad, I just play it and I, I feel happy again. Like there's always something <laughs> there's always something new I discover with every rewatch and you know what? Best two minutes of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Best two minutes of 
20, yeah, 2019. Um, no, it was a really tight shoot. Uh, other and our second favorite content from Spurs Official actually is also a video, and I think it's just pretty close to my heart because it was a tour mates. It's the tour mates video where they of course answer silly questions about each other of how they are while they travel, and this was during the Spurs in Singapore and Shanghai tour this year, which of course I we we started this entire podcast on so. It was just really cute, and I I all I obviously love hearing what they think of each other. Yeah, and, totally. And and this video had a lot of interesting tidbits of who snores and who's late and who has a horrible passport photo. So just an all around good video. Yeah, it's it's such like just like our first entry. It's also perfect fan service video. I think it, it panders exactly to the kind of fans we are, where we're kind of always hungry for more information and continuously stalking and scouring the internet and social media for new info about the guys. So when there's a video that's designed around that, where you sit like one player down after the other and just ask them questions, it's perfect. It's made for us. It's made for us. And, yeah. and I, I thank them for it. <laughs> yes. When you, when you watch a piece of content and you come away discovering something new about them, it's, it's just amazing. It's perfect. Um, you, you could say that actually about all of the, the winners <laughs> we've, we've chosen. There's always something new in it, some new dimension about a player that, that you start to appreciate or discover. Yeah, and I think it's just really like a bop magazine come to life or like Tiger Beat. <laughs> Yes, it is in the tradition of Tiger Beat. In that era, you'd have those like uh, sidebars yep. within the magazine with like, oh, these new Which facts I devoured. about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Like, here's his favorite pizza topping, and here's his. This is exactly pop come to life, and I think that's it, the entire crux of this podcast. But anyway, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the third video is uh, for the third video is on YouTube, Spurs Official, and it was from the Asia Tour. So this was the Spurs versus the AIA 100 video where three of our players go up against a hundred Chinese kids. <laughs> Lucky kids. <And> this, <laughs> number one, it's just incredibly entertaining. Any kind of format of players versus something is always going to lead to something really interesting. And it's just hilarious that it ended up being a hundred children. One of the things that makes this especially charming is that you, towards the end, when there are these mock post-match interviews, you see like Harry and Delhi like uh, trying to be funny and trying to be humorous and trying to play along and and try to answer the post-match questions seriously. And it was just nice to see them flex their like humor muscle. And I think it just really builds on the brand that is Harry Kane and how good he is with kids. And I think he's been building on that all year. And this was another opportunity for him to stand out and to show that Harry Kane brand I am good for kids does not only you know equal to British kids but Asian kids so I am a man for all children we are the world (laughs) from a cuter and happier note we go to a more sad note I guess on, on next on the list uh, I was going back older, oldering, even pre this podcast, and I saw around March there was a Twitter post. Well, actually, now that I remember it, there's another post I'm going to bring up that's not in the outline, but it's related. So there was a birthday greeting, this really like quick one to two minute montage greeting our former manager, Mauricio Pochettino. And honestly, it was just really sweet and it showed so much what we love about him and how awesome he was and is. 
and still is. And I think it was just nice that they had that really nice heartfelt greeting without it feeling like it was being shoved down our throats, but I will not comment on that further. <laughs> um, what, what I remembered that I didn't include in this year is that there was actually this video of Poch when he was talking about how much he loved the boys during the UCL finals. I think the UCL finals produced so many video, so much video content as well. And he had one where he was just talking about how much he loved them and you could see like the tears in his eyes and like he was looking at like baby photos and like all these like crazy potch yeah yes that was that was so good that was really good i I just remembered it now so i'm just throwing it in there as our number four since we're on the topic of potch anyway and he was you could see how much he cared for them yes uh the the love in that video was just overwhelming it was it was so emotional if uh, anyone listening wants to see what these videos are that we're talking about, the links are included in our episode descriptions. So watch them and weep alongside of us. <laughs> Sad, but you know, onwards we go. And uh, yeah. uh, our last entry into some of the best content from Spurs Official is another interview-style video. I love Ask these. Me Anything. So in this video, we sit down with. Ericsson, Hugo, Trippier, and Llorente. What? Two guys who've moved on, so it's it's awesome to see them again. Blast from the past. (laughs) And here they answer all the same questions. I think it was just really cute because this was a sponsored video. And I, I know, I think, before we even started this podcast, and I was, whenever we just send each other links... I would always send you sponsored videos because they were actually quite well produced. And yeah. more, but what I, love, what I love about this one is more than it being funny, again, you learn things about them. And Ericsson, you don't see often in, I mean, despite all the brouhaha around him in his room, you, well, you don't see much of his personality a lot of the time. So it was just nice to see him try to be funny, even if he still came <laughs> off as the serious Dane that yeah, he is. He's it's... so deadpan, I guess. <laughs> That's a good word for him. But yeah, I just appreciated it. And, and I guess that wraps, wraps up our favorite posts from the Spurs official account. But that's not all because we also do a roundup of our favorite posts from all the Spurs players. I will start <laughs> with my Take very biased, time. my biased pick as always. It's the first thing. I didn't even have to scour anyone's account to do this. Uh, I remember that top of mind. So Jan Vertonghen, my love, posted. And so Jan isn't, a big poster. I guess he posts often enough, usually about a game, and then with his family. But then you get a gem every once in a while like this. So again, while the Spurs team was in Asia, they were in Shanghai. And of course, because Shanghai is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Guangzhou, China, we get a special appearance of Musa Dembele, who I have always found attractive. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, left us earlier this year. So Jan posted an Instagram photo of the two of them, and he goes, look who dropped by. It's just nice to see the besties reunited. Yeah, I, I loved seeing them together. It's I think everyone can relate to the feeling of being reunited with an old friend, and it's just so sweet to see them. To see Dembele also like make the effort to go to go out and go see them. Nice to know that they're still in touch and they're still friends, and so they're the much. kind of friends that will travel to see each other right. even for a bit. Yeah, even for a bit. Like Shanghai, Guangzhou. Yeah, it's a plane flight. Yeah, it's it's quick, but still a plane ride. So quite sweet. Totally agree with that that post. My entry is from the same tour. So on the Asia tour, before they went to Shanghai, they were in Singapore, where temperature goes up to like 30, 31, 32 degrees during the day. On a good day. It's incredibly hot. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and Harry posted uh, a photo and a caption that went viral. So they were they happened to be training in Singapore, and the team photographer, I guess, snapped a photo of him super drenched in sweat. And because he's drenched in sweat, his shirt is clinging to him. And amazingly, because he's one of the greatest athletes in the world, you can see his abs, the outline of his abs through his shirt. And the caption is, give the photographer a raise. So I chose this because Harry Kane can kind of be like on a pedestal and almost like superhuman He But is. in this photo, I think he reveals some very human sides of him. One is the, you can appeal to his vanity. If he sees a photo of him looking really, really hot, he's gonna appreciate it. He's gonna share it on his Instagram. He's a normal person like us. He uses Instagram the same way. He uses it to brag. I mean, honestly, <laughs> he should. He, totally. all, it's a thirst trap, as, as they say. Um, yes, And absolutely. I think, like, his wife commented. She like, did, yes. Everybody, everybody commented because... Why wouldn't you comment on this? This is literally, you give the photographer a raise and then you also blow this picture up and put it on like, I don't know, your gym so that you realize like <laughs> you get, you get yeah. comments from Dyer, from Lamella, like people who don't usually comment on his, yeah. like, everybody came out to play and, and understandably so. Good the, the second thing like you learn from this post is like it, it reveals a bit of Harry's sense of humor. Like I, I really love the caption that he chose. I'm, I'm wondering if it's something he wrote himself or his team like suggested it, but whoever it came from, it's, it's brilliant and I love that it also kind of puts some of the credit on someone other than his body. <laughs> ah, the layers. So yeah, yeah. The it's layers. Like, oh, it's of... the photographer who is awesome and not my amazing abs. <laughs> it's a great photo of him. If, if there was to be like a power ranking of like hottest players, this would be the photo under Harry's name because honestly, boy, isn't it? I'm surprised. Kate Kane isn't pregnant again or something because this would be the photo that would do it. <laughs> From really, like, I guess, interesting thirst trappy news to another, I guess, tear-inducing post we have. So it's actually a group of posts and, you know, we just discussed this recently, but once we heard of the news of Mauricio Pochettino being let go, of course, the players came out in droves and mm. we did an entire special on it. Check it out, guys. Um, <laughs> episode 8, I think. But the point here is, I think I want to call out Sunny, so Human Sons and, and Harry Kane's, and actually Harry Wings. Actually, a bunch of them really did good ones. But they're both really quite heartfelt. And coming from... Sunny, who doesn't usually post and doesn't post a lot of words. This was probably one of his most verbose posts ever. And given the relationship between Harry Kane and Poch, it was just such a sweet tribute. Like, it's like, that is more, for more tears on our pillows. Uh, that, was, yeah. that was really heartfelt. Uh, yes, the tributes were beautiful and painful. Painful. And, and when I'm looking back on it, though, like, it's not so that only happened, like, what, last the... A month ago like it, yeah, it's, it's crazy huh it's, it feels like it's been months since it happened it feels like it's been so decades. much has happened since yep there's so much it's been happening but yeah cheers to potch if i had a alcoholic beverage with me i would raise a drink but we're all just hydrating with water so cheers we raised our glasses yes in the same category of bittersweet maybe more bitter than anything else <laughs> <laughs> just, just straight up sad posts my next 
entry into the best content from a Spurs player category is a photo posted by Ben Davis. And it was a photo of the team. So before every match, I guess, there's always a team photo that's done before the before kickoff. And this photo, and you'll find all of these links in our episode description, this photo was from the UCL final last season. And Poch made the decision to include the entire team, not just the starting 11, in the team photo. Yes, I chose this one that Ben posted, but I believe uh, multiple people in the team, even maybe the official account, posted the same thing. But I just saw this Ben's is kind of representative of all of those posts. And I think it really encapsulates a really specific moment in time and a really specific feeling in the club that it was about everyone and not just the few. The starting 11, exactly. I think that was such a nice, I guess, act. And like, even if it was very small and in the way that you, you wouldn't think it was a big deal, I think it's great that the entire team was on the pitch and everybody was there. And really, it's definitely better. But this photo, at least, is very sweet. And Yeah, I like, think it was really a reflection of the team and Poch's leadership style. Sad, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there again we'll, we'll, when we'll talk more about that later. I guess just to round up um, our last favorite post, at least it's like a joint favorite post from uh, Spurs it players. Is, Still from our UCL journey uh, during the miracle at Ajax, of course, we get a post from how can we not single him out? Hyungmin Sun, our dear, dear Sunny, uh, who rarely posts, like I mentioned. And I liked how, like Acid mentioned earlier, how playful he was in this one. It shows Sunny splayed out on the on the pitch very cleopatra-esque in his posts and his caption i told he's not a man of many words he just puts mood very hip very (laughs) very young and if and of course you get the kevin wimmer comment of like king i think or something like that of course why not um but i think it just it just showed for what little emotional depth sunny chooses to show on social media this was as elated as he was going to get and it was definitely representative of how we all felt the mood was electric yeah totally and i think this i think one of the reasons that we noticed this so much other than the super obvious stuff was that it's it marked a change from the usual things he posts like this feels so much more spontaneous than he usually than his posts usually feel it's more playful also than the usual photos that he chooses to share because they're always usually just like a magazine Shot of or spawn con or exactly something. lots of spawn con but anyway <laughs> so those were our favorite favorite content from our spurs players we end this segment with of course our baby of the year the 2019 2019 these babies baby aren't gonna be babies forever so this is definitely an honor it's been a wild ride getting here i said won't you say <laughs> every so many twists and turns. so many twists and turns every week or every two weeks, depending on how often we do this. We do a review, see how many baby pictures we send each other. It's a bit creepy (laughs) with how many there are. Um, And somehow we come up with a winner every week. But having gone through all of that, and I think in aggregate, uh, I would say that the baby of the year, 2019, we'd like to congratulate Ayla Eiderviral. The congratulations. (laughs) What a surprise. (laughs) I can't believe this. Congrats, Ayla. Congrats, you Ayla. have been the subject of some of the cutest posts of the year. 
we love you your dad loves you obviously everybody loves you from strength yeah, strength you. to strength she just never lets us down and i just want to say congratulations we hope congrats, you stay cute yeah. and excited to meet your baby brother next year um we we hope to see more of you guys Right, and we're back. So now we're going to talk about the past four games, the four most recent games, including two wins and two losses. So the wins are going to be, of course, the Brighton win that just happened, the Wolves win as well, and then we're going to really quickly possibly gloss over <laughs> the losses, including the one to Chelsea, ill, and the one to Bayern, sucky but less consequential. As with every game discussion on this podcast, we have our special guest, Toby. Hi, Toby. Hello. How are you? Thank you. Pleasure to be here. (laughs) Come by, Master Toby. (laughs) All right. Sure. Let's start with the most recent win. So, uh, just yesterday, at least in this time zone, um, we faced uh, Brighton. Was this an away game? This was was at home, yeah. A home game, Brighton. 2-1. 2-1. So uh, we had a disallowed goal from Harry, and then in the second half, he got an actual goal that was not disallowed. Yay! Yay! And uh, finally, the winner from Delhi. I was scared during this game. I, of course, because I know very little, I always look up, where are these people on the table when I'm going <laughs> to meet anybody? And I was really surprised, number one, when the VAR when the no goal happened like when i saw harry running towards it i was scared it was offside mm-hmm. but i'm like kid hey, no one's stopping him no one's stopping him and then they allow him to shoot the goal and then disallow it i found that really disheartening and it kind of turned the mood and the oh, which allowed the which allowed yes. brighton to score right yeah and it was like i feel like i was already kind of nervous going into this game because the last time we faced brighton some terrible things happened Mm-hmm. So we lost that game, and that was also the scene of the horrific Hugo Lloris injury. So I think that was a cloud that, at least for me, was kind of over this game. So when like the goal was taken away, and when Webster, the guy from Brighton, scored in the 37th minute, it was like, oh my gosh, is this? Are we gonna fall apart again? Yeah, I yeah, I think that I th- think you're dead right that was hanging over us and I think that in the Chelsea loss last week was hanging over us and it felt like all our momentum was being sapped and then the goal taken away and Brighton scoring and it's it's tough to not listen to the presenters because obviously the media just likes to point to the larger narrative so they say oh well it looks like Spurs problems aren't over maybe Mourinho is no better than Mauricio at this point and how it's it's funny how that can all be shaped by a single goal i.e. Brighton's first goal because on the actual field of play like that doesn't mean anything to our players because we know how resilient they are um, because we've seen them come back time and again so it's difficult to not let that media narrative get into your head because then we know harry's not going to give up we know delhi's not going to give up and so uh, yeah Yeah. super super nice victory to come back from yeah and like uh, this is something uh that was mentioned in match of the day that the one player that kind of represented our resilience was mora Mm. And they were discussing how, like, he was the one who was really, like, fighting to create chances and trying to push forward um, despite being a goal down. So while he didn't actually score himself, 
he was instrumental in making sure we bounced back. Yeah, like Kane's goal came from Morris deflection basically, didn't it? When yes. was it the yeah. defender was trying to clear it or something? Or yeah, but yeah, he was doing really really bright football from him. I thought Delhi had a really positive game as well. When yeah. a lot of the times when he was getting the ball, really like dribbling forward with his head up and looking to create chances and that kind of thing. And yeah, he was really positive his as well. Was, I thought his goal was super cool. Uh, I guess the, the ball went towards Ori and I wasn't expecting Ori to kind of just let bounce off his foot and come back to Delhi. Yeah. And of course, also the Brighton guys were also not expecting yeah. that, I guess. It was such a neat, it was such a cool tricky goal yeah and then a really difficult finish for Delhi as well to just pop it <laughs> over the keeper's head into the back net back corner oh i was just wondering how much of the Delhi goal was actually an accident with because when with Aurier handling it it felt like it was either just oh. like, is he gonna lose this and it's like did he plan for it to land with Delhi like either way i don't care what the result yeah. was <laughs> then but like i'm wondering whether it was planned or whether it was literally just hmm. fate I think I cuz I think that pass happened quite a few times when like the central midfielder would be looking for Aurier at the back post. I feel like it's something they probably worked on in training. Mm. But lucky us. Yeah. yeah. I guess either way it's a show of skill whether it was spontaneous or whether it was planned. It's, yeah. it, was, it was super cool. I would take uh, just a minute to gripe about VAR. Like, obviously, you're always going to complain when it's against you, but it was mm -hmm. ridiculously close. Like, I'd like to see more of the times when it's deemed that the guy ha does have a body part offside, but it's not a, a quote-unquote goal-scoring body part because i'm maybe i'm yeah. just not understanding this rule but it is frustrating when because the linesman didn't flag it as offside so it's i guess because it's a goal it's being checked and, and overturned but but then for example when the guy slid in on mora and gave us a free kick and it was a clear like studs up into the mora's legs challenge and he doesn't get a yellow and then harry winks on the other side of the pitch slides and misses the guy the guy dives and harry gets a yellow so it's like yeah i don't know i feel like we're still in that annoying space where the technology is being applied but not enough maybe or in a way that it still feels unfair because winks didn't catch the guy get, ends up getting the free kick that they get the goal off and now has to miss a game because it's his fifth yellow it's just yeah it's, it's yeah. frustrating yeah, I'm still in the camp. Like with any new technology, there's going to be learning period. Yeah. And I think we're still, VAR is still super new. So we're still learning and it's going to take quite some time for us to work out best practices when yeah. it comes to deploying it. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, we're in that frustrating time where it hasn't been ironed out yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of frustrating, but still good in the end. The other game that we wanted to talk about was the game against Wolves. So this was an away game, uh, same scoreline, 2-1, we win. But it's, wow, I think when we were watching this, Patty, we were talking about how how exhausting it was to watch it. It seemed like such a high-energy game that just spectating was tiring. I, I know Wolves are a newish team and have been promoted, I think, last season or whatever. But man, they were, I don't know, were they on drugs? I'm not saying they were, but I'm like, it felt like they, they were, were out for blood. They were, yeah, they were so amazing. <laughs> um, Traore? Uh, yeah, Traore, he's amazing. Traore, the guy that was just like killing Jan and just like everybody was just, he, he was built like a rugby player. And honestly, yeah. if I saw him running <laughs> towards me on a street, I would like 
just yeah. like kill me you know like I, I i you know surrender myself but the team obviously like really fought hard uh we get yeah. the super early mora goal which brought us ahead um and then of course they equalize uh in the second half with super Yan finally tipping us over with that header oh, in the final yes. minute and i Amazing. just wanted to like cry and die at the same time <laughs> um, but i was tired and i was seated on the couch and i was knitting and eh. i felt like i burned so many calories i was so tired <laughs> Yeah, that was a brilliant goal. I loved I loved Yanko. Incredible skill. In the pouring yes. wet rain, and he has adjusts his body at the last minute, and from about, yeah. like, 12 yards out or so, is incredible header. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I saw a video from this. Uh, it might have been a fan video taken from pitch side of the moments leading up to the goal. Mm -hmm. So I think someone was being subbed in or something. So there was kind of a pause, a lull in the game. And during that lull, I believe it was Traore, am I saying his name correctly? Mm -hmm. um, and Jan who kind of went to where the managers were and the Wolves manager was talking to Traore, kind of giving him some advice or tips or whatever. And Jan was kind of also just hanging around near him. I guess Traore was tasked to mark Jan yeah. all throughout the game. But awesome. during this one crucial moment, yeah. Traore has no idea where Jan is and he's listening to his manager. And finally, play starts again, and they both walk towards where the the um the corner is going to be taken. And still, Traore doesn't know that Jan is behind him. Yeah. So he's not at all aware of the man he's supposed to mark, yes. and he's processing whatever his manager has told him. Yeah, and that's like, right. I, yes. So finally, the kick is taken by the corner is taken by Ericsson, Ericsson. and he finds Jan, who is unmarked, completely yeah. alone. Jan heads it in, and we win the game. Yeah, amazing. And it's amazing, and I find it such a, a clever thing. I'm sure it was on purpose of Jan kind of casually trying to be out of mm -hmm. sight, out of mind of the man who's marking him, so he can take advantage. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy how all of these things are happening yeah. at the same time. Yes. Just Traore losing focus for like five seconds and that cost yeah. them the game. Yeah. Because that was crucial. Yeah. If he had stayed uh, like with the other players where the corner is going to be taken, Traore would come back and look for Jan. Okay, yeah, I'm going to mark him. Yeah. But just like taking advantage of the moment of distraction is so clever. Yeah. I wonder though, because during Jan's post match interview, he said that he asked permission if he could try and he was given permission. So I, I wonder if Wildfire was getting instructions, was he also like, hey, can I? I try to make a, a goal yeah, yeah. <laughs> like excuse me he's not thinking about me at all so i think i'm in a prime position to try it was amazing i'm so happy for him obviously hot on the heels of toby Alderweireld's um signing of his contract i hope jan wakes up and realizes he wants to stay on a couple more years yeah yeah that was great news super happy to have Alderweireld for another three years games i was also too tired to watch because it was 3 30 a.m in our time uh, we had we had over to our losses so chelsea yeah. zero two toby um, and our kumbaya <laughs> was there live uh, any thoughts you want to share apart from disappointment yeah, I think I share this sentiment with some other people that it's kind of the worst I've felt after a game in a long time because it wasn't just the loss. It was 
in a like to some degree the things being said about the team and just the ugliness of the racism that went on from both sides to know where to start with that one i mean the racism was is obviously always awful and i think i believe the club when they say they're they're doing their absolute utmost uh to identify these these people and i think there were a few bands handed out that day so i and they in their club statement they said they have cctv on all the sections so they'll be be able to identify as best they can who did it i think yeah i i just want to call out how how quickly and how at least to me effectively the club responded like there were no uncertain terms it was that's not cool we're gonna find whoever did this and we're gonna make sure that there are consequences for them yeah I, i really i appreciate that i think the last time we watched a game live in the stadium there were repeated announcements saying that racism is not going to be tolerated mm-hmm. and we have to all make sure that everybody no matter who you are or where you're from gets to enjoy the sport and i i love that they say that and i, I really like that they're enforcing it yeah it's th- the definitely that it has to be said to be honest but i mean uh, yes. this is the world we're in right now i think what i wanted to ask toby too was because obviously i slept through this game and just watched highlights what's the red card warranted for sunny Ooh, good question i mean i think if you compare to other games probably not i mean i I mentioned to Acid that if you go and look on YouTube at the Battle of Stamford Bridge when we played Chelsea when we were just in the run-up to try and win uh, the title back from Leicester, I believe. And there were a number of incidents in that game that could have been stronger cards and, and the referee just chose not to. So I think given that it's the referee's discretion, I don't think the red was warranted. Yeah, because he had just been fouled. He was on the ground. I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't see as, it as sufficiently violent conduct to war- warrant a three-game ban and a red card but because acid and i were discussing about sunny and the model minority and i don't mm. know this is just a thing where because sunny is just such a gentle quote-unquote nice guy yeah he's perceived to be obedient and good-natured yeah and so anything he does that deviates from this in the slightest degree is suddenly flagrant right um, yeah. i was looking because you shouldn't do this but i did it i dove into like reddit um comments yeah. and like Twitter comments and people were like, "Oh, so he's not such a nice guy after all." I was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. See, like, <laughs> I just felt like I really had to defend this honor. Obviously, yeah. Like he's human, guys. And then, uh, for example, and yeah, because it's it's so annoying that people pick uh, that the media picks up that narrative. Like, oh, so whose sons had the most red cards in the Premier League this calendar year? I mean, and that's quoting the three, and one of which was rescinded from uh, the tackle with that that uh, guy who unfortunately broke his ankle. So that wasn't a red card. So the fact that yeah. people will just take a stat and run with it and build this this narrative it's yeah i feel i feel like unfairly misrepresents son for sure yeah totally like if he is like the record holder for that then can we maybe take a closer look and try to understand why so is it that is it because he's perceived to be like super obedient and gets along well Mm -hmm. with everyone and seems to be super good-natured all the time that like the one incident where he seems to like not fit into that all of a sudden we're like whoa 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 whoa, calm down here's your red card get off the pitch yeah definitely other than that other than that in the play i feel like chelsea unfortunately did dominate the midfield i feel like our guys were i wouldn't say i don't know if it's lacking passion or we're feeling nervous or something or not willing to really challenge and get involved some of the 
physicality that they brought against Wolves, I think we sorely needed in the game. We needed like Danny Rose, and he did come on later and start to rough it up a bit. But if you're down in a derby like that, you do have to go in and get physical and start, you know, making people. So I mean, I don't mean to use too violent language, but like make people pay for like a little bit i mean it is a derby it's like yeah to really get the because they had totally lost the crowd too i think but uh, other than that i don't know i don't know how much chelsea dominated it either like the willian goal was good um but then gazaniga's mistake was just just that was pretty shocking when he came out and just flying kicked Xavi Alonso, but that was bizarre. I don't understand how, why that happened. Yeah, that was bizarre. Cobra Kai moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the one thing I just wanted to call out before we move on is that I think, just to stir the pot a little more, is that it's quite funny that the two games where we didn't do well are the two games wherein Mourinho was the former manager. Ooh. That was Chelsea and that was Man U. And I don't know if this is fate. Yeah. Or if this is like some cosmic. I don't know, astral projection. Yeah. <laughs> revenge, but... <laughs> I'm just stirring the pot. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. What does this mean? Another Stalking Spurs mystery we'll have to solve some other day. <laughs> but yeah, we, we move on to our final and last. So this is, in the, this is from the UCL, and we didn't technically need this win anymore because we had already qualified for the um, top 16. But Bayern, um, Munich, and Tottenham Hotspur at, at their stadiums, at their homes. So it was an away game for us. 3-1, it was a young team, a new team, and a lot of the older players, or at least the Kane didn't travel, Vertonghen didn't travel. What are your thoughts on this? Do we care? Uh, I'm glad that the younger kids got to play a bit. I, I'm glad that the team configuration was switched up a bit to give players who are usually on the bench some time on the pitch. So that was that was fine. I, I didn't mind that at all. I'm super happy for Sessegnon that he, he scored. Uh, I guess it's... I don't mind at all that it was a loss because we're already in the last 16. And it was a, it was a better loss if you have to find the bright side, I suppose. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think Sessegnon played really well and, and was creating good chances. And I think Dyer looks a bit lumberous still, like a little bit slow moving through the midfield. But maybe I didn't, I'd love to hear exactly what Mourinho likes about him so much. Maybe it's his positioning, but cause if in that position, I would usually prefer Winks. But I, I, from what I've seen on Reddit, there's a ton of disagreement about this. But yeah, I just think Winks has a bit more pace and he can challenge a bit quicker and and adjust to the defenses a bit quicker um, and is quite a bit more handy going forward. I think a lot of people are a little concerned about Dyer's confidence on the ball, the willingness of our back four to pass to Dyer to start the attack. So it's, yeah, he might be a little bit stifling in the midfield. But I always root for him because, you know, I love Eric Dyer and Eric Dyer loves me Eric as the Dyer, sun goes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> with you. He was captain as, as uh, Mourinho loves to make him um, when Harry is not around. Which leads us to, I guess, our draw for the next round. We are, we chose... Is this Red Bull? Red Bull Leipzig? So they're currently at the top of the Bundesliga, which sounds terrifying for us. But when the draw happened, peeps like The Guardian seemed to play it down and make it seem like of all the English teams, we got the best. Is this a curse that they do? Like playing it cool, and then like when we if when when we do beat them, they'll be like oh because it was easy, but if in the event that 
you know, things don't go our way, they'll be like, oh, they missed it and it was such an easy draw. I don't know. I don't like this prediction of like, oh, they got it easy. Yeah, I, I don't like it because they don't seem to say the same thing about the other teams, but we're the ones who drew the team that's number one in Bundesliga. Yeah. And if you look at our like super recent history, we played against Bayern, who are, I think, at the time, were fourth in Bundesliga. So they're runner-ups to Leipzig, and we lost to them badly. Come by your master, I think we need you. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with Leipzig, I, but they're undefeated in the Bundesliga in the last five yes. games. The only side Bayern's Bayern's lost twice in in the last five games for comparison. But I don't know, maybe they have slightly fewer threats on the attack than Bayern or something. I I super don't know. It's it's going to be a really interesting match. Yeah, and it's happening in February. Exactly. And if Mourinho walks the talk, then he better bring those metal home because. That's what he says. He's a winner. There might be a little bit of good news in that I think one of Leipzig's good players, Minamoto, is going to Liverpool in January. So I guess they'll be without him. Oh, that dude. The Japanese dude yeah. signed with Liverpool. Okay. So that's... I, I think they're just trying to get some Asian flavor in there. Sorry, <laughs> he's still the number one Asian player of the year. You guys can all line up. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll be taking, uh, I guess, candidates next year. But this year is closed. Sorry, guys, we got a winner. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we have one more game at the end of the week. We play... Norwich, I believe. Norwich, is it? yeah. yeah. Okay. And four games in 11 days or something. So an unbelievable okay. schedule for these guys. And we'll be without Winks, who's serving a suspension. Uh, no Sissoko, I think. And Sun is still suspended. So it'll be int- interesting to see who Mourinho picks for this weekend. So but we'll see Parrot. We'll see yeah. all the young kids, yeah. all the under 21s, and that's it. But yeah, looking forward to the last few games, the last game of the year. Any other thoughts, guys? Let's end on a high and win. (laughs) Let's let's hope for that. Thanks, Toby, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll we'll, we'll talk to you again later when we, uh, after the break, we'll have our year-end special. Final segment of this episode. Welcome to the special year-end special where each of us answers two questions. Number one, what was your best moment of 2019 as a Spurs fan? And number two, make one wish as a Spurs fan for the Spurs team and the Spurs fandom for the year 2020. I will start because I'm obviously the newest member to this fandom. And honestly, what a freaking fan journey this has been. My best moment, I'm cheating. I'm doing two moments because it's been an insane year. I would say it's a tie between watching them live where we did like four, like a hat trick from Mora. It was like a four. The scoreline was insane. It was a beautiful day. And what a gorgeous stadium. So thank you, Craig family, for... Um, what was that game again against... Crystal, was it... Crystal Palace, I think. I think it was yeah, Crystal Palace. Yeah, more a hat trick. And yeah. I remember he did like a backflip. He did a backflip. Yeah, so I mean, you get backflips, you get beer <laughs> and cider on tap and just really nice seats and a lovely company from Acid. What what an experience. It was the atmosphere and just being there. I really honestly couldn't believe I was there. And of course, Jan waves at us when we yell at him from yeah. the top of the... <laughs> So it was insane. So that's that's my first um, 
favorite best moment. My second one is when I stalked them in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> More stalking. So the literal epitome of stalking spurs. So because they came to Singapore for their Asian tour, um, I saw them live. Uh, I watched the game with my friend Soren. We won that game versus Juventus. Harry looked great. Harry did a, like a kick from the half line into oh, like yeah. just like madness i saw ronaldo as a side <laughs> note um i don't think i'll ever see him live ever again so you know what why not throw that in there so i think those and, and just stalking them going to the hotel every day and you know finally meeting sissoko and winks and and you know accosting gazaniga even if he didn't he couldn't take a picture with me because he was late and not getting to meet jan but seeing him again and yelling at him a floor above me so you know what what a what a crazy amount of moments for me um i managed to narrow it down to those two i don't think it'll ever be top but you know what 2019 you were awesome what a great um, year as a fan <laughs> what a great year indeed i think my wish for them and i think a lot of us will have this as a wish but obviously i think every fan's wish is for us to avenge ourselves at the ucl but more than that honestly i just really want to break liverpool streak <laughs> <laughs> they've been undefeated this season and i have liverpool friends and they're quite insufferable now <laughs> So just like, I don't care where we end up on the table at the end of the season, preferably top four as well, but I just want to be the team that breaks their streak. That's my wish. Um, it's vengeful. It's horrible, but I love it. Um, and, as, <laughs> and as a side wish, I just wish that Mauricio Pochettino gets to find a club and a placement that he is happy with and where he'll be cherished and, you know, valued and where he can whatever reach the goals he wants to reach along with his who's and the team so yeah that's my wish nice. for that's a beautiful wish asa do you want to go next sure okay uh, i think best moment again i'm going to cheat and i'm gonna have two um the first one would be uh watching live in the stadium the first ever champions league game at the new stadium um, it was the game against Man City where Son scored um, number one, the only goal of the game, and number two, the very first goal in the new stadium. Nice. It was just amazing to to be part of that history and witness history being made. Uh, I, I cried during that game. <laughs> <laughs> Even before the game, they, they showed like a an audio, like a, a they showed a like a Hype video. video. A hype video and that got me I, I started crying minutes before kickoff just because of that the second ah, I'm sure so many people would would answer this um, and because it's just it's true and pure and amazing and what dreams and sports are made of um, my second answer would be the miracle of Amsterdam we went into that game uh, absolutely needing a win uh, we were three goals down by the end of the first half you could be forgiven for just walking out and crying but a miracle happened and we went through i think i, I i'm not sure i've, I've cried that hard <laughs> <laughs> especially after mora's third goal that that was magic that you cannot you can't write this you can't imagine it it just happens and it blows you away i think we have a photo of ourselves um when we did a video call after that game i, I still have it in my phone and it's yeah. it's a it's pretty wild. I woke up my roommate too because I was yelling at like <laughs> 3 a.m. It yeah. was nuts. Video call of all three of us crying. <laughs> <laughs> my wish is, you know what? Let's right that wrong. 
Let's make it to the finals of the Champions League this season and let's fucking win it. Nice. Yeah. Dreaming big. Nice one. And how about you, Toby? What's your best moment and what's your wish for 2020? I'm scanning my brain to see if anything can top it. But for me, the single moment would be the miracle of Amsterdam too. That just never say die attitude that we displayed so many times. And at that time, having had so many comeback wins in the Premier League and stuff, and we were the like the team that was always coming back from difficult positions and finding a way to win. So that that was brilliant. Seeing Lucas Moore jump, you know, five feet in the air in celebration of that, that final goal was uh, was remarkable. Um, the second would probably be being at that Man City game, the Champions League game, and particularly Hugo Lloris saving uh, Sergio Aguero's penalty. That was absolutely lit as well. So that's probably the other highlight. Because, I mean, Hugo's everybody's favorite as well. And it's it's so difficult that we have to fight on without him. But great memory with, with Hugo Lloris. Belated happy birthday, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think one of the iconic shots of the Miracle of Amsterdam is seeing all the, the Ajax players just kneeling. And yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you feel for them, but not really. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a pain I never want to feel. Yeah. <laughs> we will avenge ourselves. <laughs> What's your wish, Tobes? Wish? I mean... Winning the Champions League will be awesome, and who knows? I think I still believe that there's no team we couldn't beat on on a given day. Yeah, so I think that's that would be a great wish as well. Uh, realistically, I'm going to say top four in the Premier League would be brilliant. <laughs> Finishing above Chelsea would be a, gr- a great step as well. Just keep them where they belong. Yeah, maybe finishing above Chelsea, top four guaranteeing UCL for next year. I wish also to maybe sign a few players to support the guys that really deserve to be making league title win, uh, like league title runs next year. So because we've just signed Toby again, Harry's on a good long contract until 2024, Son's on a contract till 2023. So we have time to really make dreams come true for these players. So I hope they get support and we bring in the wing backs we need and and stock up on the defense because we've been giving up too many goals. So just supporting some of the great attacking players we have and just bolstering everything so we can really make a go of it next year. Any particular player in mind? To sign? Just to Yeah, to sign, just as I steer the transfer window. Uh, I mean, there's some whispering about Gareth Bale, but I think a lot of people are concerned that's just a nostalgia thing as well. Mm, um, yeah. Some people saying... Has that happened? Has that happened where someone leaves and then they come back? Yeah, I think it's happened. I can't think of a particular example. Uh, Wayne Rooney, for example, I think started at Everton, then went to Man U, and then then went back to Everton. But there's some whispering wh- whispering of Ericsson going to Real Madrid and we topping up with a bit of money and getting bail. But apparently he's just very expensive, like massive salary, maybe not as good as he used to be. But other people saying seeing bail with Harry Kane and Delhi and Son could be pretty ridiculous as well. But yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for uh, and thanks to everyone for listening over the past 10 episodes this 2019. I guess we'll see you guys in 2020. Thanks Toby, thanks Asset. Thank you. Thanks guys. Another great year to be a Spurs fan. Come on you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.